Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You could hire one person to handle your digital strategy. Hey, how you doing? Or for the same amount of money, you can hire an entire team of experts. Sean, Ashley, Bernie, Bree, Pat, Sally. We're 2060 Digital, a national digital advertising agency based right here in the Twin Cities. Our digital marketers, client strategists, videographers, and more have worked on hundreds of campaigns in the healthcare, home services, automotive, education sectors, and more. 2060 Digital, a team of experts working for you. More at 2060digitalmsp.com. Purple Daily is daily Vikings entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I will ride with this group. Seriously, man. Please. And away we go. All right. There's only one football game left this year. It's kind of sad. Yeah. You know, championship games always get me down because i love it when the tournament starts like in sports like oh. the first weekend right tournament. or the second Football. there's all the these games right the single game it just gets me down bums me out and then you wait you wait two weeks for it too instead of one week when's the yep. last time we did the one week between super oh, bowl God, and championship it's been a long time did we, was it the, the Metrodome Super Bowl in the early 90s? Oh. Didn't we, it was yeah, I said there was one after that. I, I want to say... I only know my like, lifetime of, of them having a bye week. I can't remember the last time. Oh, yeah. No, I want to say that there might have been one uh, like the Tampa Bay-Oakland year way back when with Brad Johnson. There was one There was hmm. one where they had to shorten it up. Okay, so they... Well, that would have been, been the 9-11 year, right? Year. Where they right. took that a week off of games. Huh. That might have been it. Yeah. Okay. But that's it. I mean, they'll they'll never go go back, which is a shame because I used to love it. Just go right to that. I think you should just play on a Thursday. I think you do conference championship. Do and have Al Michaels call Thursday it on Prime? Night. Yes, let's do it. Coming up next, uh, it's it's Super Bowl Thursday. Al Michaels, the Super Bowl <laughs> is next. This game, uh, these two teams aren't really that good. I'm not very excited about it. You, he's had a legendary career, I mean, and all you great. Al Michaels haters out there, just because he gets a little sleepy now in his 80s, very sensitive though, always has been. Yeah, I don't know, man. Thin, he seems checked thin. out as hell. That's not even the fact he's. Old. I just like. I don't I think, think he, he. I don't think he cares. Yeah. Well, well, he's I also think- seen, like, when you've seen the games, if people are like, how could he not be more excited for that Jaguars-Chargers playoff game? And he's like, I'm Al Michaels. I don't get excited for Jaguars-Chargers. He I'm was, sorry. so when NBC pushed him out the past year, he basically got the <laughs> NFL to to give him that job on Prime. And I think he hates it because he knows he's like, like, imagine being his age and you're on something called streaming. Well, there's millions of people watching, but it's not. A, but it's that's not like asking you. someone to like get off your rotary phone and get an iPhone ten years. Like, sorry, dude, that's where things are going. Right, but but let's say that let's say that you you invented the rotary phone. You were in charge of this, and now they're like, get this phone. You're like, but I but I I invented the. I mean, Al Michael. Do you believe in rotary? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Do you do you believe in text messages? Yes. yes. Yeah, so, so I think Al's just down about uh, that. Down so. to the dauber. Little Al Michaels drive by there to start Purple Daily Not here. True, I like Al. I've talked to Al a few times. We're gonna we're gonna take a poll that was run on Twitter yesterday, and we're gonna bring it to life in topic form here. We also have the hard count, and we have a mock on today's episode presented in part by our friends at Ballard's Resort. So if you're looking ahead to summertime, which you should be, right? That's especially when it starts snowing again. You're gonna want to have a nice, fun summer trip on the books. 
Ballard's Resort is situated on the south shore of Lake of the Woods. We're talking about the walleye capital of the world here. And they provide rods, reels, bait, tackle, and a full-service bar and restaurant, plus U.S. Coast Guard licensed guides to make this a wildly fun week or weekend for you. Go to BallardsResort.com to book your stay. BallardsResort.com. So I ran a poll yesterday. Uh, the last couple of days have been very interesting on Vikings Twitter. I'm sure you guys have popped in. Uh, you know, there is a bunch. Of, I, this is I don't want to tell people how to be fans, but I guess I'm kind of doing that, breaking my own rule. A lot of people that were like referencing the fact that, well, the Vikings beat the Niners back in October. The Niners are lucky that, you know, they didn't have to face the Vikings on their way. I said, you know, October football, you don't need to hang banners for October football, right? The Niners lost like three straight games in October. The Chiefs lost to the, didn't they lose to the Bengals or something? And like the, the Raiders the Chiefs. on Christmas. Yeah. Like, yeah, lose games. January is where it really matters, especially if you're a franchise that's never won a Super Bowl. So I don't know. I was fighting with people on Twitter and having fun with some fake banners. Well, I'm frustrated because I've been told for three three days now that I'm not doing it right. And somebody tweeted me yesterday accusing me of running a bad Vikings X account. (laughs) A bad Vikings fan. A bad fan, yeah. We're both being accused of being bad Vikings fans. Why are you telling me what to why are you telling me how to live my life? I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying that if you don't if, if look, my only point on Sunday was if you don't want a championship, that's fine. Like that's you you live your life accepting the fact. And by the way, there are plenty of places in this town to get that. Like yeah. if you don't like if you don't like us, I'm cool with that, but don't tell me that I should be this like Pollyanna fan. But I feel like we have to like three or four times a year, we have to just sort of reset an explanation here, which is this idea that if you poke holes or criticize your favorite team's imperfections, that you are being a bad or disloyal fan, that the only way to be a good fan right. is to blindly follow right. without questioning everything that they do. And then to make proclamations like, boy, if this player would have stayed healthy, then the Vikings would have won their first championship without any, without it being rooted in reality. And whatever, like, and if you want to be that type of fan, fire away too. But live and let live. But also, let's like I, we tend to try and ground our conversations in reality, whether we're right or wrong. We try to root it in where our heads aren't in the clouds, saying the Vikings have the best everything. If they hadn't gotten hurt, they would have steamrolled their way through the playoffs, right? But I did run this poll yesterday. Because I was just getting a lot of like, wow, people think that people legitimately think that the Vikings are on the 49ers level because of an October football game in which, by the way, a lot of key players were hurt on both sides. But the Niners were literally missing a Hall of Fame left tackle, Debo Samuel, who's worth like two or three yards per play difference. No Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. But I said, if, if Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson had stayed healthy all season, which is the better team in 2023-24? So what do we got? 2,200 votes on this thing. Mm-hmm. 30% say Vikings. 70% say 49ers. We're going to do the tail of the tape here and just see how close are the Vikings. Again, if healthy compared to Niners, if healthy. But what do you make of 30% of Vikings fans who voted on this poll saying, if Kirk Cousins hadn't gotten hurt and Jefferson, but right. mostly Kirk Cousins, right? Right. Because the, the Vikings actually won games without Justin Jefferson. They won like five. Right. 30% saying, yep, Vikings and Niners on the same level. So I, I think a quarter of those votes, so 25% of those votes, in my opinion, are people that would, would vote. If you said, who's better, the Lombardi 67 Packers or this year's Vikings, they'd be like, oh, it's the Vikings every time. Every time the Vikings are better. So that's fine. That's fine. Right. Right. But I, what I'm saying is I think a quarter of that vote is grounded in just the fact that those people would vote for the Vikings against any team. They'd vote for the Vikings against the chiefs. They would vote for the Vikings against any team because that's their belief. That's what they want to believe. And look, I'm, a, I'm with you. That's their right. That means that a very small percentage though, of people who were probably could potentially be on the fence went with, San Fran. So I actually think that, that that poll is very, very fair. Okay. Well, let's, let's go through the exercise here. Let's see how far away again, if given health, let's here are the parameters. Let's say healthy Kirk cousins, 
healthy and re-signed Daniil Hunter, healthy Justin Jefferson. Sure. I know there's some other like free agency holes here, but right. we'll just have to figure that out with this exercise. I'm going to give you like seven different categories of these rosters. Let's see how close the Vikings are to the team that's representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Head coach. Tail of the tape. Oh, Shanahan. It's Back a huge. It might, be yeah. the, it might be the biggest check mark. It might be the biggest win for San Francisco. Dex. Yeah, what, what he's been able to do with all this quarterback turmoil that they've had, and just he's a genius. I mean, forgot he's made Nick Mullins look good at times. So, yes, Shanahan by a mile. He has a deep understanding of the run game that is completely lacking in Egan. Oh, man, it is that run I mean, game. That's the difference. And the like, way that they the mirror the concepts of their run and pass game off of each other, it is, and of course, like having, well, that's the next category, having a running back that's first ballot Hall of Famer in Christian McCaffrey. By the way, I agree with you. I think we're going to put head coach in the 49ers bin here. You know, and I get that the knock on Shanahan is he's never won the big one. As an sure. offensive coordinator, with the Falcons back in 2016, 17, whatever that was, his offense stopped scoring with a 28-3 lead. Uh, so there's there's these knocks in the big games against Shanahan and the fact that up until Sunday, his teams don't come back from behind very often too, but they just completed the biggest NFC Championship game comeback in history, down 17 points at halftime. So The last two wins create a lot of street cred for him, I think. The Packers win and this mm-hmm. win are taking yeah. him, like, he's getting closer to eliminating a lot of the criticisms. His teams also, especially in the regular season, when, you know, you're not playing the best teams in the world every week, his teams can step on a team's throat, right? They'll they'll win a game 38 to 10. Mm-hmm. They'll win a game 42 to 16 or something, mm-hmm. which the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell haven't proven yet. Okay, running back, not- Christian McCaffrey or uh, Ty Chandler? <laughs> yep. Moving on. Running back, <laughs> philosophy, yeah. philosophy there, and and the fact that San Fran, again, went for it by trading for McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's not much debate about running back here. No. Let's, uh, there, we'll, we'll, we'll do quarterback in a second because that, that is an interesting conversation. But let's do the wide receiver tight end group. Let's put wide receivers and tight ends in the same here. Okay. So the 49ers... Here's my opinion. You tell me if I'm off on this. I think the Vikings have the best wide receiver. If you stacked all the wide receivers, Debo, Ayuk, Jordan Addison, I think Justin Jefferson would rank number one. But Ayuk and Debo are such great chess pieces. They're great run-blocking wide receivers. You can use them out of the backfield. Yes. You can you can throw them passes intermediate, short, deep. You can run screen passes for them. They're just like really shifty, I thought interchangeable guys. Exactly. And they kind of change, they, they change what you can do schematically in some ways more than even Justin Jefferson, which sounds crazy. Oh, yeah. But then I think George, all due respect to Travis Kelsey, who was the best pass catching tight end. I think George Kittle is the best overall tight end in the NFL because he's really good as a pass catcher. And he's one of the best run blocking tight ends as well. Mm-hmm. So how do you, this is close. The wide receiver tight end group is, is pretty close here. Right now? Um, advantage San Francisco at tight end because of, of the fact that, that when healthy, Hawkinson's not the blocker. You you literally have two guys to try to do what one guy in San Fran does, right? Yeah. Because Kittle can, as you said, he can catch the ball really well, but he also can block his ass off. Mm-hmm. Hawkinson really can't. Oliver can catch the ball a little bit, but can block well. But I'm going advantage San Fran because you have one guy. The wide receiver conversation to me, it's so tough. Go, well, but I, I, but I think it's too. I think it's a cop out to like just pick the group because you're right. Um, Justin Jefferson in this group is the best wide receiver, pure wide receiver. But and this gets into the what the genius of the San Francisco offense is. What Debo and I to a certain point, and I like him a lot. But Debo, what he does, it's a hybrid. Like what's like I can't compare him. Justin, the skill set is so different as far as what because Debo. So Justin Jefferson scares you, but you say okay, 
we got to focus. If you're a defensive coordinator about to play the Vikings, you say, we got to focus on 18 and we're going to double him. And here's how we're going to take him out of the game. And he's going to make some plays still. Mm-hmm. What I love about Debo is he scares the bejeebers out of you when you're lined up against him for a snap because you don't know what he's going to do. I think if, if you boil this down to just, all right, and even if you've pulled like NFL executives, would you rather have Kittle? Let's take the top three in these groups. Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, yeah. or Jefferson, okay. Addison, Hawkinson. First of all, most GMs would say, I'll take either one of those. Those are great yeah. trios. I think it's a slight edge San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk. That dude led their team in receptions and yards per catch in receiving yards. Like, we, 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 were, we talk about how great Kittle and Debo is as this gadget. Brandon Ayuk was their leading receiver last year. And if you really want to get into the weeds football-y football, Kyle Juszczyk is this insane Swiss Army knife that no one talks about because he doesn't rack up statistics that are these big alarming uh, uh, stats. I think it's pretty close, but I think when push comes to shove the Niners have the advantage here but it's a lot closer than we probably think it's they're good groups but when you talk about Ayuk and Juszczyk it's kind of the forgotten soldiers because George Kittle and obviously Debo Samuel are the ones who get more of the attention advantage San Francisco this is Tom Bernard can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad tune in to the new Tom Bernard show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. So so um, for the 2023 season, PFF grades offensively, okay? Top five, San Francisco. Ayuk is number one. 92.3 McCaffrey was two George Kittle though is five 87.6 at an 87 grade out of 100 that's insane but Debo Debo, (laughs) because of what he can do he's not in the top five but what he can do like this is all this all to me goes back to coaching Debo's played hurt for half the year too exactly with a bad shoulder but but when you I you know what Shanahan does he takes He's like the master offensive chess player. And and O'Connell's good, and he's got some nice pieces, but he doesn't have the game that Kyle does. So that's where it gets sort of murky to me. Yeah, and nor should he yet, because Kyle has coached a lot more football as a coordinator and as, as a head coach. And by the way, his dad is Mike Shanahan, one of the best coaches yeah. of the 90s and early 2000s, Super Bowl winning coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, quarterback. So Brock Purdy led the NFL in passer rating, QBR, yards per attempt, and touchdown percentage, which is percentage of attempts that result in touchdowns. He's not a, people people call him a game manager. He is he is he I would say he's one of the more mobile risk-taking quarterbacks. Like his average yards per throw is much further down the field. Some of this is like this. It, they're scheming George Kittle wide open 30 yards down the field too. But yeah. he was a huge reason why the Niners completed a 17-point comeback at halftime of the biggest game of his career, NFC Championship game. And there was a play, I'm trying to think of who it was for the Lions. Somebody came off on like a safety blitz in the second half of that game. And it got home. Like Christian McCaffrey whiffed on the blitz pickup. One of the rare times where Christian McCaffrey whiffs. And Bench his ass, cut his ass. This blitz gets home, and Purdy ducks underneath. Like, the defender kind of flies over his back. He sprints out to the left, throws sort of like with his body going to the left, throws with his right arm, and there's Juszczyk doing the Chris Carter thing on the sideline. The amount of plays he makes escaping, keeping plays alive that should be dead. I don't know, man. Like, it's I think Brock Purdy is better than Kirk Cousins. I don't even know if it's a conversation. It's, it's not. The age, the salary, the ability. Brock Purdy, if you watch him play, first of all, I know he looks like he shouldn't be, you know, this great athlete, but he is. He's a So he reminds me a little bit of 
as far as his escapability and size, he reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. He's got some Tarkington to him. Like he's, Mahomes, Mahomes too, or like yeah, they're not Lamar Jackson, alive. but they can just scoot around and keep. And and I know quarterback wins are poo pooed, okay? But I found this stat this morning, and ultimately at the end of the day, you want to win games with Purdy, Debo, and McCaffrey since Purdy's first start. When he's had those two guys with him, okay, this team is nineteen and one now. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, he's going to a Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins has never sniffed one. I, I, it's not hard. It's not hard. I'm sorry, Vikings fans. It, it, it snuck up quick because, like, he wasn't 100%. in the NFL two years and ago. Jefferson and the Jefferson one is hard. Pick, but... The wide receiver one is hard. I'm torn there, okay? Yeah. But on this one, sorry, not hard for me. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't think a lot of other executives would say they would pick Kirk Cousins over Brock Purdy. Even though Purdy, well, you, when you include salary too, it's like not. Well, even, it's not even but close. even if you were to say, "Hey, but, they're both forty million dollar quarterbacks," yep. which one would you rather have? Yep, they'd say Purdy. If you had the same dollar amount, I still think people would say Purdy. And yes, he's younger. He's in this awesome car that Shanahan has built. And I'm definitely more pro Brock Purdy. I feel like than a lot of people who just are waiting for this whole bus discourse to happen. But yet, here he is in a Super Bowl. And to Judd's point, has won like ninety percent of his starts in the NFL, including playoffs, you have to give this guy some credit. He's done it. He's done it so far. So it's Purdy. I would take Brock Purdy over Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so we're going. So, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a bloodbath here so far. But I think, okay, offensive line is the next category. Oh, this is good. So the 49ers do not have a great offensive line outside of Trent Williams this year. That's why when Trent Williams misses time or misses games, the offense looks a lot different. Now, if you were to rank every offensive lineman from 1 through 10, or let's say 1 through 14, you know, the backups that come in and play, the Niners would have the best one. Trent Williams is a likely a first ballot Hall of Famer or close. Yep. But once you get beyond Trent, I, I kind of handicap this to, to it's, it's Trent Williams and then a bunch of league average guys, according to Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. But the Vikings have Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill and some league average guys. This is easy. Vikings. It's the Vikings, right? It's not hard. Again, age has to play a role. Williams is going to Canton. He's a great player. Give me Derisaw right now. The, yeah, Williams he, is 36, by yeah. the way. San Fran's right tackle, a weak spot. The Vikings, strong spot. So this, this, is, this is as easy for me to tell you it's the Vikings as it was, as it was for me to say Brock Purdy. I, I think it's the tackles that are really solidified. Like the Vikings are still probably looking for a guard. Garrett Bradbury isn't necessarily an established meat grinder, great center either. So I, I, I don't think that this is a wide margin Vikings advantage, but to having two tackles left and right established as two of the top 10 guys that pushes you over. It's not the starting five, in my opinion, that, oh my God, it's leaps and bounds better. It's the two tackles that you have under control for the next few years. And it's advantage Vikings, but I don't think that this is by a wide margin either. Well, I will say this. If Kirk Cousins had ever gone to San Fran, they, they would have to beef up that line. That line, like Brock Purdy, has to run for his life at times. He's not yeah. trying to run at, nearly as much as he has to. Um, so I actually I actually think that despite, despite the fact I agree with Dex, I think the interior of the Vikings line 1,000% could be improved. I think San Francisco, which has to cut cap space somewhere, is doing it on the majority they other are. than Trent Williams. They're doing it on that offensive line. I mean, they, they've they poured. So Trent Williams is their highest cap hit. But once you get past Trent Williams, there's not another offensive lineman in sight among the next, like, 10 highest paid 49ers. They're pouring so much money into Debo Samuel, offense, Eric Armstead, defensive front, Fred Warner, linebacker, George Kittle, Tervarius Ward, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, uh, Javon Hargrave, like Nick Bosa, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ike, Dre Greenlaw, linebacker, use check. So they've yeah. decided, hey, we've we're gonna spend a bunch of money to solidify our trenches on the defensive side and a linebacker, two linebackers and a cornerback on offense. We're gonna pay Debo, we're gonna pay Ayuk, we're gonna pay Kittle. And we have to sacrifice in a couple places. So, oh, we'll just have a six-figure quarterback, which is great, and then we'll have a few offensive line spots that are just gonna be kind of, you know, jags, and our quarterback's gonna have to make it work. Which is clearly now, in retrospect, 
or it was part of the thought process in the Trey Lance trade. Yeah, but it's funny because I think they're finding out that Brock Purdy is even more mobile and athletic and can do the things yeah. that then like Trey Lance had some injury things, but everything that they thought they were getting in Trey Lance, yes. they're getting in Brock Purdy. <laughs> Brock Purdy you know? yes. So, okay, but we got one offensive line. We're saying uh, yeah. the Vikings were on the board. We're on the board. The big guys. Okay. Two more categories over to defense here. We're going to say that special teams, I don't know, whatever, like uh, you probably take the Niners kicker, but we're going to leave that off the board. Yeah, we'll see that. Off the board. Defensive front. So defensive line, def- interior, edge. Yeah. I mean, even if, because the Vikings, the problem is like all these dudes are free agents. So even if we bring back Daniil, healthy DJ Wanham, right? They're two sack leaders. Yeah. The Niners defensive front is Nick Bosa, arguably the best, but for sure top three right there with Max Crosby. And Daniil is on a, a level below Nick Bosa statistically. Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, and oh, Chase Young is now. It's going to get worse. Front. Yes, and and keep in mind too, when they knew that they were prepared to pop again, the 49ers, John Lynch, right? Go for it, guy. Yeah, Chase Young trade. Yeah, said, "Look, you know what? Let's go out and add. Let's go out." And in that case, I will say this: Jalen Ramsey to the Rams, Chase Young. I will give. I will say that's the time that you say screw the salary cap. If we can win a Super Bowl, like we'll take the hits. Yep. And and look, Chase Young has not lived up to his potential necessarily. That's a nice little just extra chess piece that they get to deploy at their own arsenal, which is awesome. But I mean, having Hargrove, Armstead, both this this is what Vikings defensive lines used to look like for years, right? Like Vikings fans got spoiled oh, yeah. forever with the Williams walls, and then Jared Allen's or Daniel Hunters or Ray Edwards, Everson Griffins, etc. The list goes on. Linval Joseph. It's only been recently in the last few years that yeah, they still had Neil through that timeline. But like Harrison Phillips, he's okay. They've lost their really nose tackle and, and interior tackle presence. This is what the Vikings used to have for years in their defensive line, and they're still a step behind and with some major questions going forward with almost none of these guys under contract for next yeah. year. You're right. So, so we're going to put Niners. defensive front Niners, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to lump. I'm going to lump linebackers and secondary into one, mostly based on how the Vikings play. The Vikings kind of blend secondary and linebackers together with, yeah. with the extra safety on the field. Um, you know, the Vikings have some interesting pieces. Ivan Pace Jr. for sure. I mean, Harrison Smith still technically part of this thing until, you know, proven otherwise. But Charvarius Ward is the best cornerback on either roster. And Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner would be the two best linebackers on either roster. I don't know if like Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum, who are really good safeties, and Josh Metellus. It's closer than you would think. But I think it's San Francisco, linebackers and secondary. Linebackers for sure. Sure. Um, So the cornerback position in San Francisco is an interesting one to discuss because Traverius Ward is fantastic. They also, beyond him, have some of the same problems that the Vikings do. But that being said, they at least have one guy who is really good. And I I think Byron Murphy Jr. for the Vikings did a better job than PFF grade showed. And, yeah. and when he got hurt in the Bengals game, you know, that secondary took a huge hit. But yeah, you take San Francisco's. And, and if you could start, you know, if you went to Brian Flores tomorrow and said, okay, Charvarius Ward, dude's eyes would light up. So, oh man, I don't. Now you might take Flores as a defensive coordinator here. I mean, the the Niners have beyond Steve Wilkes, absolutely, I would. Yes, yeah. The I mean, the only thing that's going to push us over is, and you saw it with the Lions uh, a little bit this last draft. Unless the Vikings have a killer draft here that puts their defense over the top immediately, and like Jaquel and Roy just automatically steps up in training camp and becomes a really good piece for like. There's just so many unknowns. I'm, I'm also. For sure, not going to pretend like I know the ins and outs of the Niners, you know, line or not just linebackers, but secondary pieces either. So I think, I think it's hard to judge on that, but I think it's easy enough to say with so many unknown pieces that the Vikings have that you can just flip that advantage to San Francisco. I will just say this, and and as you guys know, I am Josh Metellus's number one fan. I came back from the spring practices and said, mm-hmm. "Oh my God, this is going to be special," and it was. I will say this, and Vikings fans, if you don't like to be reminded of the team's mistakes, cover your ears, earmuffs right now. 
but this discussion, I think I would, I think it would be different if the Metellus role was being played by Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, that's because Kyle Hamilton would be did one you, of like the three or four best defensive players well, on either roster. Did you see roster. what that dude was doing on Sunday? Like yeah, he's all ridiculous. over the field. So like that's where misses hurt you. But uh, yeah, I'd go San Francisco. So, okay. So we just did as objectively as we could there, seven different groupings, head coach all the way through the trenches. Uh, so yeah, seven, six of the seven tail of the tape go to San Francisco. One of the seven goes to the Vikings. Mm-hmm offensive line and there's some that are a little bit closer in there you know know, the Vikings are certainly they have a capable good quarterback and uh, they've got some really interesting defensive pieces here and there but yeah that's kind of that's kind of where things stand and by the way just because San Francisco tallies six of the seven boxes here doesn't mean that it's a blowout every time they play like of course the Vikings can beat the Niners on a random Monday night in October but over the course of a five-month NFL season there's a reason why the Niners are perennially well, yeah, playing deep into January and uh, early to mid February, right? Exactly. So they're built for this time of the year, and the Vikings, unfortunately, are golfing <laughs> or yeah, swimming or doing oh, something. I hope they're, I hope they're having fun. Football. Uh, we've got the hard count coming up here in a second, but let's say hi to our dogs real quick here. Nutrisource dogs on this show. Nutrisource is the official dog and pet food of Maya Mackey, Stella Zilgad, Vinny Goff. Uh, Maya is uh, probably 15 minutes away from coming up here and asking for her Nutrisource chicken and rice half scoop for lunch, boys. And that is a look that I get every day from Stells because she says, old man, feed me now. In fact, it was the same thing this morning I did, and she woofs it down. You know, sometimes I say, Stella, slow down, enjoy the food. But she just says, give me my Nutrisource right now, you dummy. Yeah, sometimes Vinny will uh, even double, not double dip, but he'll want some, you know, whipped cream, some sprinkles of the Nutrisource treats on top of the Nutrisource food. He very he mm. dupes his father there in, in that department sometimes. That. He thinks, uh, no, 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 you know, you want your three-course meal per se, but he says, no, 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 I want this as a one-course, all-encompassing meal, Dad. Put those treats on. Do it right, Dad. Sprinkles. You can find a Nutrisource retailer near you by going to NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Also, I'm cracking open the Prize Picks app here, a couple weeks away from the big game, but they've got some interesting numbers posted right now. So here's how Prize Picks works: you can win up to 25 times your money this football season and these playoffs by selecting two or more players and picking more or less on their projected stats. So right now, Christian McCaffrey sitting at, let's see here. 90 and a half rushing yards. Judd, would you go more or less on McCaffrey? 90 and a half rushing yards. I would go less, actually. Oh, really? Okay. I think I would go less. Yeah. Did he get bottled up in that game? I don't I don't know what the game plan is going to be. You know? Like and, and plus I think he's going to actually in in the screen game, something else we didn't talk about. Advantage Niners. Shanahan. Fits in the Shanahan bin. <laughs> I like it in my bin too. Anyway, less. Uh, so with the uh, with the Prize Picks app, it's very easy. You just select two or more players. Like I said, you can win twenty five times your money, up to twenty five times this football season. Go to prizepickscom slash daily and use the code Purple Daily for a first deposit match up to hundred dollars. That's prizepickscom slash daily with the code Purple Daily. Um, okay. It's time for this new segment we debuted last week, The Hard Count. Everybody hold your water. Ready? What's that? Balls, balls, balls. Triple shot. Balls. Green 18. Green 18. All right, here's a question for you guys. So any given year, we have like 40 to 50% turnover among the playoff teams in the NFL. So of this year's 14 playoff teams, let's say that six of them have to go. Six of them will not be back in the playoffs next year. Which of those six teams? I'll list these teams. Here are the playoff teams from this year, okay? Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Texans, Browns, Dolphins, Steelers, 49ers, Cowboys, Lions, Buccaneers, Eagles, Rams, Packers. We We can group ourselves together here. We need to take six of those teams out. Maybe on a future uh, episode, we'll do which six teams are in. All right. I'll go first. I think Philly's out. Really? And Sirianni is fired. Bozo, bozo, 
Bozo <laughs> gets bounced. Yeah, weird vibes in Philly, for sure. Yeah, and that, you know what? I kept waiting for that meltdown to end, and it didn't really end. And um, and and it was all very weird. And if Jason Kelsey out too, that's like a heart and soul figure in the locker room. Yeah, that's uh, that that just seems it seems like that seems like things are going backwards there or sideways. I think Tampa Bay is out. Yeah, that's kind of a kind of a weird. Yeah. Well, in the South, there. I mean, if the Falcons do do this right and Kirk, I mean, they're going to playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Kirky boy in uh, Atlanta. Yeah, can I? Can I? Uh, Go ahead. Can I yeah. throw the Lions in the mix here? I've, I've got them highlighted. Right got to look at the overachievers. <laughs> who overachieved? Yep. Who regresses? I've got them highlighted. So they're gonna go. They're gonna go and play a first place schedule yeah. next year. They're gonna lose if they haven't already. As the as we record this, they're gonna lose maybe the best offensive coordinator in the NFL. And Dan Campbell is not an offensive schemer. So is he really gonna hire? A one-for-one replacement right. for Ben Johnson. Love how you're thinking. I agree. They got to figure out if they're going to pay Jared Goff. And they just, like, t- teams that get that far, conference championship or Super Bowl, and then lose in some devastating fashion, it's hard, especially when your entire program is based on emotion. We're fired right. up. It's Dan Campbell. You gave everything you had. And now he's up at the podium after that game saying, next year it's going to take twice as much. Yeah. Passion, effort, energy, yep. et cetera. I, I, could, I don't think they're going to be a train wreck, but I could see the Lions falling back to like eight or nine wins and losing some close games. And there are teams in their own division that are popping up. I mean, the Bears could be good. Packers, Packers, Packers I'm done, are here. I'm done writing them off. And you know what? The Vikings, there's a million questions about the Vikings, but the Vikings were one of the unluckiest teams yeah. after being one of the luckiest teams just based on some of the metrics. So the Vi- the Vikings are going to be competitive. So that's three right there. That's three in the NFC right there. I've got the Browns. Yeah, I think the Browns will. Yeah, Deshaun. The whole Deshaun thing off. has been weird. I, I don't know. There's something about that whole uh, about. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he hasn't been playing well. He, yeah, and there's there's a lot of weird things with Deshaun, right. But, but I'm just but saying, like his his, his playing like, ability, like he off seems a, a little tense. Yeah. Like ordinarily, you, know, like, you can't uh, get a massage anymore. Guy could use a massage. But ordinarily, but... you know, you you've got a lot of a lot of guys, athletes that like do, or are accused of terrible things, and they play absolutely fine. Like they've been won guys. some Super Bowls. It doesn't after... bother them one bit. The Deshaun thing seems to be. And, and I know it sounds crazy, but it seems to be lingering where ordinarily, yeah. like Tyreek Hill can be accused of all these things, right? He's got 18 wives. He's done this and that. And he's like, okay, no, I'm still great. Well, it's Deshaun too. And and I think Mina Kimes wrote this down, broke this down where, and even in Houston, when he was even playing at the peak of his powers, that dude took a ton of sacks. That was actually the knock on him. That's what probably prevented him from even entering the echelon of the conversation of tier one quarterback when he was floating around yeah. there. He's still taking a lot of sacks, and he doesn't have the mobility or the ability to make up for all the sacks he now takes in Cleveland. So I, I think he has just, and obviously not playing football for like, what, two years, which is what he had to go through when he was on the exempt list. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of question with the Browns. I'll add, and this just puts it with a stamp for me because I just saw this come down. Do you see who the Steelers just hired as their OC? No. Arthur Smith. So you can take you can you can take <laughs> okay. as much as uh, I know Rooney like went on a had a big presser yesterday still supporting Mike Tomlin rightfully so saying we'll be back and hey look at our offense with Mason Rudolph I love Mike Tomlin Steelers are playing in a tough division too with the Ravens and the Bengals are going to be back with Joe Burrow I think we can yeah. take the Steelers out I think Arthur Smith so this might sound nuts I think being allowed to concentrate on just being OC though like with the Titans he did he did a good job I think he has no ability to lead men. But I think he does have the ability to call play. So I'm curious on that that one. He he strikes me in that bin of guys who probably never should have been a head coach. But I'll I'll be curious to see if although he and Tomlin seem like a weird pairing, but it does feel on. a little bit like like Tomlin. The contract is kind of a question, right? It kind, he it kind of feels like an extension. They both okay. both sides said he's he's going to get an extension, but yeah. That's- Here's the other thing to look out for, though, in the AFC. you got to make room for the Bengals mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow to get in. Yes. you got to make room for the Jaguars, because be- before Trevor Lawrence had the high ankle sprain, the Jaguars were on a roll. He tried to play through a high ankle sprain for like five weeks. It was a train wreck. 
And I think you got to make room for the five-win Chargers with Justin Herbert and Jim Harbaugh. He brought that Niners team 10 years ago from nothing to like 13 wins overnight. Yep. You got Justin Herbert. So we need to we need to bounce a third team from the AFC here. I got one for you. I got one too. Chiefs after Andy Reid retires. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dolphins. Nobody gonna... uncircles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Oh, you think this is the year, huh? I okay. think this is finally the year. Yeah. Okay, we'll throw the Bills in. I just think Stephon Josh Diggs demands a trade. I think Josh Allen can make up for a lot of these things though. He can. He can. I just have a feeling I just feel like the bubble is going to burst at some point completely and that they're going to miss the playoffs. And then McDermott gets fired. I love Mike yeah. McDaniel, um, but they hit a wall every year in December at Tua. I don't know if that's teams figuring out Tua. I don't know if that's Tua just kind of bleeping down his leg. But if they roll back with Tua, I just I don't know how seriously I can take We talk about wins not really mattering or not putting too much stock in October wins. The Dolphins were the best team in football for the first eight weeks, and they were an easy one yeah. and done in the wild card round. So I think there might be some regression there too. I could see that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the AFC, and even like we're not even talking about the Ra- the Raiders. They had a hot finish to the season. Antonio well, Pierce, they got good players there too. Who's their quarterback? Here's a question for be? you. As great a story as it was, are the Texans back? Yes, like they, can, they they could maybe take a dip. Like maybe they go back to nine wins or something. Well, and Stroud, you know, Stroud, just because you you have a great first year, doesn't mean that the rest of the league won't catch up with you it doesn't mean that you're in trouble or you're done but i mean we've certainly seen that where teams because you know again right now you have a bunch of coaches in dark rooms phone off family sent off on vacation while they grind film trying to stop stroud i've got one more hard count so we oh wait so we said uh philly tampa detroit cleveland pittsburgh and buffalo with like miami as an honorable mention yeah in there okay I got one more hard count question for you guys. Green 18! Green 18! by hold your water. What's that? So we, we talked about, you know, the Lions and, like, they have to make a decision. Do they pay Jared Goff? He's got one year left on his contract. Probably not going to go in as a lame duck he's going to want. I mean, they might. The Vikings did with Kirk. But, like, the Lions have to figure out, are they going to pay Jared Goff $45 million a year? The Vikings sure. are trying to figure this out with Kirk Cousins. Declan mentions Tua with the Dolphins, that he's he's a good quarterback, but he's being propped up by some great weapons, a great system. Do you want to pay him $40 million a year? So here's my question to you guys. And you're looking at a Super Bowl matchup where you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time making like $50 million a year, and it's worth it because they won a Super Bowl even after they said goodbye to Tyreek Hill. And then you have another team that said, you know what, we're not going to pay Jimmy G anymore. We're not going to do this. And we're not going to make a move for some other mediocre group. We're going to go and just put Brock Purdy in our system and then use the money on the rest of the roster. How many quarterbacks in the NFL are you okay with paying top-of-the-market free agency money to without asking any questions? Mm. Where you just say, you know what? Yep, that guy's worth the $50 million or $45, 50 $55 million. I know it's going to create some holes on my roster, but that's okay. He's good enough to overcome it, and I'll just worry about it later. Three. Mahomes, huh. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I think that is it. I think those are the only three guys I yeah. would I would pay whatever penalty or whatever money it is to get them and worry about the rest later. I think those are the only three that I'd be comfortable doing it with. Because, by the way, if you the guys that you don't include on that list, once it reaches that decision point, you don't then get to be like, oh, we'll pay a 30. They would walk, and they would yeah. go somewhere else, right? I need to see Justin Herbert with Jim Harbaugh. That int- Justin Herbert, I think, is fantastic. He is and really I, good. Yeah. And I think he was in a um, – I think he was being coached by a guy who turned out to be just not good at being a coach. Uh, so the Harbaugh-Herbert dynamic really intrigued me. I, I So I, I agree on Declan's three. I agree on Herbert being in the conversation, but we need to see more. Because to this point, he hasn't been able to even, like, overcome anything to get to the playoffs on a regular basis, right? I Despite what we saw on Sunday, I think I still have to put Lamar Jackson. Like, if the conversation is pay him $50 million or let him walk, 
I would probably still pay him $50 million like the Ravens did and just sort of try to figure it out. That's pretty much the list, though, right? I think. Yeah. I like, th- how many other guys can, can regularly make up for the deficiencies that their salary would create on the roster? I don't know. Yeah, and the NFC, I good Lord. Um, I have a tough time putting anyone in the same conversation as those three. I loved what I saw from Jalen Hurts, but... And how much was that? Was that just Nick Sirianni maybe just shipwrecking things? I loved what I saw from Jalen Hurts, but, man, I, I don't know if they'll regret that contract, but I, don't, I can't put him in the unanimous pay him whatever he wants category, I think, yet yeah, either. Right. And, and the, only, the only one, in my opinion, who's just a clear yes without a negotiation or questions is, is Mahomes. Yeah. Like, and I he's like done it. Burrow Dude, he's overcome. And, and he just does it all the time. They're like, okay, so we're, we're going to do this contract. The first thing that's going to happen is you're going to have to say goodbye to Tyree Kill, Super Bowl. And then it gets a little worse in terms of like roster erosion. We're like, all right, so we're going into the second year of this situation or the third year, whatever it was of that contract. And not only do you not have Tyree Kill, but you won a Super Bowl without him. That's great. We don't even know who your receivers are going to be. We're just going to give you like Kadarius Tony right. and good luck. And by the end of the year, Rasheed Rice becomes one of the best receivers in the AFC. In the last like six weeks, it's well, yeah, insane. And, and he's still throwing the ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling, who just screwed him left and right. And Scantling makes two huge catches yeah. in the playoffs. It makes no yeah. sense. Look, I, Aaron Rodgers at one time was absolutely awesome, Hall of Famer, right? When this happened to him with the receivers in Green Bay, he just melted down. They missed the playoffs, yeah, and they or or they won games and got to January, and it went sideways like you think about what Mahomes is overcoming without like at least publicly bitching complaining staring guys down yeah it's remarkable yep so okay yeah let us know in the YouTube comment section what what is your answer to that question purple daily faithful how many quarterbacks would you just you know it's not a blank check but it's like top of the market value oh Oh, Oh, yeah we did forget Kirk yeah you guys for sure for sure put Kirk on that list 100% 100% put Kirk on this. I want a mock! Mock! Let's do a mock here to wrap this episode. Our mocking today is presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which a couple months ago was named one of the 10 best employers in the state of Minnesota by Forbes. So great place to work and a great place to partner with if you run a business. Federated's corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. And these four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision-making. They are here to help you find the right coverage to fit your business needs. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Also, our friends at Zero Res are here with the Score North special to get your carpets deep cleaned, to get your air ducts deep cleaned, so you can breathe in that fresh air inside your home. What is the Score North special at Zero Res? It's three months uh, three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $119 this month, and also $75 off when you get your air ducts cleaned. That's 952-0-RES-OR-ZERO-RES-MINNESOTA.COM. Say you want the Scorner special and spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same, zero res. Here's the mock, boys. It's from Yahoo Sports. It's from yesterday, and it starts with the Bears taking Marvin Harrison Jr. with the number one overall pick. Bold. Mm. And then it has the Commanders taking Drake May with the number two overall pick. And then it has the Patriots taking Jaden Daniels with the number three wow. overall pick. Whoa, they're pulling the plug. Wait a second. How many people didn't show up to Caleb Williams' birthday party at this point? What happened here? What, yeah. what betting? Yeah. What, what did we learn? What did we learn? Yeah. Looks like a lot of people didn't show up to the birthday party because the Cardinals take Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU number four. God, this is so going for the Charger. The Chargers <laughs> take Rome Adunze, wide receiver Washington number five. The Giants take Joe Alt, the monster offensive tackle from Notre Dame at six. And the Titans take Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle Penn State number seven. Did they just forget about Caleb Williams? They've got him going eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. If that plays out, you you have you have to trade up. You like you you would you'd have to do it, right? Obviously, this is bonkers, man. You'd have yeah. to make the call. Once you just you'd move up to seven with the Titans, right? Or yeah, somewhere. Y- yeah, because you wouldn't eight. go to yeah. 
those guys. Well, but wait, 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 because by this point, the Falcons have signed Kirk. So he continued to drop. To That's you. true. Yeah, you're right. 100% right. The <laughs> Bears the take Jerzon Newton nine. The Jets take another offensive tackle here, uh, Talese Fuaga from Oregon State. And the Vikings with the 11th overall pick, if they stay at 11 with this draft playing out the way that it does, take defensive back Cooper DeGene from Iowa, who we also I saw. I want mock! With Dallas Turner, by the way, going 12th to the Broncos, the Alabama edge rusher. Wow. Uh, wait a second, though. By God. Whose music is, is that? Around? By God. This is a two-round mock from Yahoo. Two rounds. Let's see who they have the Vikings selecting with the 42nd overall pick. Oh, interesting. With the 42nd overall pick, Yahoo Sports has the Vikings selecting out of the University of Washington, quarterback Michael Penix. I want a mock! Wow. If, if Caleb Williams dropped that much and there wasn't some like absolute red flag of which which he's not going to but and the vikings didn't trade up i think they might riot i mean i think they might riot in the 494 35w 394 i think there might be riots all over the cities it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild mock. The mock draft world is uh, getting squirrely here toward the end of January. We need we need senior bowl. We need combine. Really we got to get some structure here. Really squirrely. Man. So, yeah, we've done, I believe we've done now almost 30, if not 30 mock drafts here. And we'll start to put together some trends. But I believe Michael Penix Jr. is the most frequently mocked player to the Vikings. Sometimes first round, sometimes second round, which is yeah. pretty interesting. And his stock's about to change, I think. Like moving up or down? Um, up, probably. Because I think the combine, un- unless his, unless the medicals are a mess, which is, I guess, possible, but I think he's going to, I, I think once the combine and pro days are done, he for sure moves up, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there could be some, uh, there's going to be some teams that want him floating like bad medical information to reporters, sure. right? Oh, yeah. His, uh, his, his, yeah. His knees are that of a 79-year-old Navy officer. So he can play be careful. No, no. Yeah, he's going to be, yeah. He's going to be five years, and then he'll be in a broadcast booth. So there you go. We'll keep the mocks flowing here on this show. Um, we'll have plenty of post-Senior Bowl coverage, too, on Purple oh, yeah. Daily on Draft, which is our weekly Monday show led by Declan and Tyler Fornis and Miles Gorham, and uh, some other fun things in store over the next Coming weeks. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.